some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Time, tequila, and therapy, and threw it in a blender with ice. I was more messed up than I cared to be. Spent a whole lot of lonely nights. I was mad at myself, pissed at the world. It was hard to get up, but I put one foot in front of the other. Kept on keeping on going through the motions until there was no hard feelings and no bad vibes. I can't honestly say I'm happy. The happy back in your eyes You found somebody Who painted your gray skies blue Do I wish it was me? Hell yeah Am I all the way over the pain? Not yet But the sun keeps coming up, baby And I'm still breathing And there's no hard feelings But I probably owe you an apology some money for a new screen door Your dad's probably glad to be rid of me But that ain't me anymore Hey, you love who you love And you lose who you thought was the one And you think that you might go crazy Never get out of the rut You get drunk, you hold on and let go of the grudge Till there's no hard feelings And no bad vibes I can't honestly say I'm happy to see The happy back in your eyes Somebody painted your gray skies blue. Or do I wish it was me? Hell yeah. Am I all the way over the pain? Not yet, but the sun keeps coming up, baby, and I'm still breathing. Hey, there's no hard feelings. I was mad at myself. Pissed at the world, it was hard to get up But I put one foot in front of the other Kept on keeping on going through the motions Until there was no hard feelings And no bad vibes I can't honestly say I'm happy to see A little happy back in your eyes You found somebody Who painted your gray skies blue Good for you and Do I wish it was me? Hell yeah Am I all the way over the pain? Not yet, but the sun keeps coming up, baby, and I'm still breathing. And there's no hard feelings. I got no hard feelings. Hello. Ladies and germs, welcome to episode 305, the 305 of the Hoots Podcast as the Road to 500 continues and Road to 200 subscribers uh, as well on YouTube. Uh, don't forget, we have our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash the Hoots Podcast. Just type in the Hoots Podcast on your search engine and you'll find it right there for you. 
Uh, it's free of charge uh, every single Thursday on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast from. It's truly Josh Lopez, the nefarious for Adam. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media and Instagram as well now at Josh Lopez Media. So a little change, a little easier way for you guys to find me. Uh, I, I like what we have here with the Josh Lopez Media thing. Um, obviously, I can't get my old original Twitter account back, so this will do for now. And um, the easiest, easiest way to uh, get with me is at Josh Lopez Media if you want. Um, we got a fun show in store for today. I'm fine, kind of sold this week because Burkhart is handling some waterfall business. So I want to give a big shout out to him and his fiance Ashley, who's in town this week. So uh, enjoy your week off, Brother Carter. I, I know you'll appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to have a fun show today. Uh, the title of this week's episode, as you guys can see right now, uh, if you're listening or watching this, is uh, the Bot. Bot Chronicles. I slipped up there because I, I still kind of flabbergasted over this tweet this dude sent out the other day. Not Brother Carter, but Tony Khan. Uh, it's called the Bot Chronicles. And I'll introduce the Bot Chronicles and what the hell is wrong with AW this week. And it never ceases to amaze me the dumb shit that comes out of Tony Khan's mouth. Uh, <laughs> uh it's crazy, a guy. You know, it's really something about person's character. Like, you can have all the money in the world. You can have all this stuff. Your daddy can be the owner of Jaguars and blah 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 blah. But it's really funny to see people who act like this shit they'll see just because they got money. <laughs> You're not good at your job, brother, and you need a reality check. Um, so we'll get to that later on. But um, of course, we'll get to what happened this week at WWE. Um, also going to preview uh, the match card coming up for this Saturday's New Japan Pro Wrestling Windy City Rights Show, which I'll be attending at the Odium Expo Center in Villa Park. Um, I'm going with a good friend of mine, Deji Kalonich, who follow at Twitter and Instagram at House of Wrestling. So make sure to uh, follow D there. He's uh, He does a lot of great work, so make sure to support his stuff. Um, I've never been to a New Japan show, and it's kind of uh, kind of a cool moment for me because I, I spent over the last three or four years really covering every single televised event that New Japan has produced, whether it's stateside or in Japan. And uh, it's cool. I'm just like very excited to experience that for the first time. I, I've been to AEW show now. Uh, obviously, a gazillion WWE shows. I've been to an Impact show. So this is my first time really getting to check out a New Japan Pro Wrestling event, a standalone New Japan Pro Wrestling event uh, coming up on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to that. And Chris, as we start off, as we usually do here on the Who's Podcast, the Good Brothers Q&A session. Uh, this week's uh, Q&A session is going to be a little different. Um, I'm going to answer the question that we got this week. It's not a lot, but also, I'm going to implement some light talk into this as well. So uh, sit back, relax, strap it down. As Hawk Harrison used to say back in the day, and we got a fun show for you guys. Uh, I saw the folks here on Facebook before I pressed the record button that, you know, I'm, I'm in really good spirits. I'm um, I'm just glad to be back home for the trip from Dallas, not feeling any jet lag or anything like that. I have been able to catch up on a lot of sleep that I've lost over the last couple of weeks, so that's good. It's very important to uh, recharge and make sure that your your mental clock, like just your general, you know, taking care of yourself, stuff like that. 
So I've been really um, kind of sit on, you know, getting some naps here and there throughout the day and just make sure that I get my hours that I need uh, to re-energize myself to be in the proper state to do my work properly and just just being good spirits, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, I I kind of run, I kind of drain myself out sometimes with the lot of work that I do, and I tend to forget about other stuff that I should uh, put attention on. So um, it's been really focusing on just you know relaxing, clearing my head from a lot of things, and you know just really focusing on what I need to focus on, just taking things one day at a time, and. Um, you know, I, I love my apartment here. I love it here in Chicago. Uh, I am planning to move sooner or later uh, this year. Uh, I'll, I'll make it happen, but I'm appreciating the time that I'm having here at the apartment. I don't know how long it's going to be. I have an idea in my head. Uh, I'm getting close uh, of when I actually do want to move down to Florida. I haven't got a place yet, <laughs> but I have a timetable in my head of when I'm ready for this move. And I think right now I'm just really focusing on what I have right now and what's in front of me. And um, obviously there's things you can't control. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Um, I'm just excited for a lot of things that are coming up in the coming weeks. Um, next Saturday, my uncle Gino and Judy are um, having their 50th wedding anniversary. So I'm checking that out next Saturday. That should be a good time. Uh, that'll be before Impact's uh, Rebellion pay-per-view. So I have to check that out. That's a wrestling tie there. <laughs> All things always lead back to wrestling, right? And then um, a couple weeks after that, uh, on Friday, May 6th, um, I have, I'm going to my cousin Vince's wedding. Uh, and they're having a reception at this Italian like wedding uh, reception place. Uh, that's kind of across the street from the Allstate Arena, which is kind of cool, uh, in Rosemont. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's a Friday night, so I probably won't get to watch SmackDown live that night. And that's cool. I'll just get to spend some time with the family, stuff like that. I haven't been to a wedding since I was in high school, and that was 10 years ago. So <laughs> uh, it's it's been a minute. I haven't been to a wedding in a while, and this will be a great time. I'm looking forward to that. And then the next day is my birthday. Kind of cool. My birthday is on a Saturday this year. For those who don't know me, uh, Saturdays can be really hit or miss, hit or miss for me. I don't know how it is for you guys, and we keep it a hundred here in Who's Podcast. I, I'm an open book, and I have nothing to hide. I can admit that I don't know how it is for you guys. Do you have like a particular day of the week that it's just not your day, or like your least favorite day of the week? For me, it's Saturdays. Whenever I feel like the loneliest or like just out of it or just, I want to say depressed or sad or anything like that, but just like either something doesn't go right or you, you're not feeling, <laughs> uh, it, it's just like the day drags on more than anything. It's Saturdays. Maybe it's because a lot of my personal friends don't live in the city. So I don't really have a chance to hang out with them or just like talk and shoot the shit stuff like that. Like I'm not going to clubs, I'm not doing this or that. Um, and then it's just like I think a lot of the, like the loneliness I feel is on Saturday nights. Um, and then, like I said, it's hit and miss. It's not every Saturday, but for me, over the years I've noticed that like Saturdays are like my least favorite day of the week. <laughs> 
And I can't really pinpoint why there's a multitude of reasons for that. But uh, I don't know how it is for you guys. Is there a day that on the on the week that you just dread, like you know, it's just gonna suck. It's not gonna be your day. Uh, I think Saturdays are that for me. Like, you know, some Saturdays get so bloated with the articles that even then that that could wear me out too. Like waking up at six o'clock to do a five hour New Japan preview and then doing NWA USA after that. And then there's there's been a lot of like Saturdays, wrestling preview weekend Saturdays that like really drain me out where it'd be like all right, one night we got AEW, Impact, and New Japan Strong all at night. That's a six-hour night. So I'm starting a coverage from 7 o'clock and not finishing it to like 1.30 in the morning with three different articles. It's not easy. And I'm definitely not complaining here about my work schedule or what I do for a living. I, I'm very blessed and fortunate for the fact that I get to work from home. We're just talking out loud. I'm talking to you guys. Letting you know, let you guys into my life a little bit. This is a life podcast, it's not just a wrestling podcast. Um, I just kind of give you a little glimpse. Like I, I, I like to say this is the platform that I can open up to you guys, and I, I am private at times to a fault. And the things I open up to people that I care about, but I never want to come on here and talk about things in the in the way of trying to seek sympathy for people. I don't need sympathy from anybody. Um, I don't want handouts. I don't want people to feel sorry for me or my situations, wherever I deal with. Uh, we're just talking out loud. And this is, like I mentioned before, this is kind of like therapy for me. So it's, it's just a good mental uh, release sometimes. Sometimes it's an emotional release. You know, I think it's, it's okay for people to cry uh, I don't think it affects your manhood if you cry about something that's just bothering you. I haven't had any reason recently to cry about. You know, uh, I had I had that little breakdown uh, a few weeks ago when we did episode 300, but that was an emotional release, and I was really battling a lot of different things in my head at that time. And I, I it was just a good emotional release, and I can't tell you like the amount of weight that was taken off my shoulders when I did that. It's okay to cry. <laughs> you, you don't lose any manhood points for crying. You know, it's okay to have emotion. Uh, I want you guys to, to understand that there's a lot of tropes and a lot of ideologies of how to be this and how to be that. The best way you're going to live life is living on your own fucking terms. Okay? It's just that simple. You set the guideline for your life, not the other way around. We have these ideologies, we have these philosophies, we have these old tropes and sayings, and this, like I said, philosophies about how things are supposed to be done and blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, I don't live in anybody's bubble but my own because it's my life. I'm not living anybody else's life. I'm not living on anybody else's terms. Uh, you know, I am at the point that I can dictate what I want to put energy into. And how I want to carry myself. I don't care about other people's opinions. I don't care about things that should not matter to the overall being of myself. And a lot of things that brought me to that part in my life. But in a good way too. It's not all negative. I think the biggest thing for me over the years is that I've become really self-aware in a lot of ways of things that affect me internally. And how I see life. 
and what's in front of me. I I have a good BS meter. There's things in life that I agree with. There's theories and stuff that I agree with, but I am not a person that's just going to be bought down of this is how life is and this is how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> Some people do that. A lot of people live their life like robots. There's a lot of people that live with paranoia. There's a lot of people that deal with anxiety. Uh, I'll never judge somebody that has that deals or struggles with anxiety because that stuff is real. That's something you can't scoff at. But also, for me, uh, I'm just a person that can speak from my own ways. I'm wired differently. And I'm not ashamed of that either, you know? I'm just me. And I'm, just, I'm very grateful for the fact that I got a platform like this that I can open up to you. And that's what it is. Like, I'm, I'm in a really happy place in my life right now where, you know, <laughs> I'm not doing things to impress people. I, I really don't care about that stuff. Like, I hope that I make my family proud. I hope that they notice the work that I think I put into my work and stuff like that. And, you know, that's stuff, stuff like that I do care about. But at the end of the day, I don't need to fit anybody's bubble. I don't need to fit anybody's bubble. <laughs> you know, people are going to say what they want to say about you, but that's their opinion. That's not a reality of your life. Live your life on your own terms. I say on the show for a reason every single week because it's true. You have to be the authentic product that is yourself. It, it's just that simple. You can't let anybody dictate the pace of your life but yourself. And I think a lot of us lack a lot of internal self-awareness of how we let other people's opinions kind of like dictate our mood swings and our emotions and the way we go about things and, and even the decisions we make. Like people are gonna have your have their opinions. It could be a family member, it could be a friend. I'm using air quotes now. It could be anything. And honestly, you know. <laughs> Uh, my my friend Adam Daly, my brother, has this saying, and so true. All worlds a stage. I've been done wrong by family members. I've been done wrong by people that I considered friends. A lot of people put a lot of facades on. Doesn't matter if you're blood or not. It, uh, as long as you have the self awareness to see what's in front of you and who's really doing right by you and who actually gives a shit about you, that's the stuff that you need to pay attention to and not the stuff that just going to make you feel bad at the end of the day. So I know I'm talking a, a, a lot and you guys probably wait for the questions for the Q&A session yet, but I just felt it was good to um, open up a little bit with you guys, you know, let you into my world and let you know what I'm thinking right now. And like, honestly, I'm excited for uh, the progression of the show. I think in a couple weeks, I'm going to take a little break, like a two-week break, where uh, I let the guys run the show for a couple weeks and I can just widen a little bit more and just take a uh, a little break. I still, you know, it's kind of cool to say that I could say I can work from home and my work, my, my real work is making articles for a living. That's pretty cool. That's not going to, going to go away, even though I'm not doing the podcast like, it's cool to say that I can still do the articles and that's my work and that's how I make a living. So, 
Yes. So I just wanted to open up a little bit with you guys to start off the show and just remind you again that, you know, first off, protect your energy and and understand what you want out of your life. And I feel like more importantly, um, there's things called like the invasion of privacy. I think it's also something that we kind of lack, you know, when I, um, when I moved out here, the apartment, I made it clear, like, I'm moving out to this apartment. I'm starting this next, I'm starting that transition period of the next chapter of my life. And you have to set your boundaries, you know? It's that simple. Um, I felt a little bit at times when I was living with my mom, like, it's, it was a little bit too much of an invasion of privacy where I appreciate care and natural parent instincts. And then there's another thing where you're over your shoulder and it's like you're living through a daily inspection. And it's like, <laughs> I, I I deal with that shit. I'm not. So, you know, it's good, man. I'm, I'm very happy. You know, it was cool. I got to hang out with my dad. Uh, uh, the other day he comes out and he visits me and uh, we hang out a little bit here and there whenever he's running errands and stuff. It could be a one day a week or maybe two times, but it's always cool to see him because he gets to hang out and we can shoot the shit and just joke around a little bit. So it's always cool when I get to, like my dad comes and visits and stuff. So, um, but like I mentioned earlier, I'm just very grateful for what I have in this apartment right now and just very excited for, um, what the rest of the year has in store for me and just taking these one day at a time, pal. So let's get into the questions, shall we? All right. Take a quick swig of water right quick. Shout out to the good brother, Chris Zaletta, who starts us off here. X scenes, Zaletta 24X on Twitter. He says, what up, Boost? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Does CM Punk show up at Windy City Riot? Um, as much as I would love to see CM Punk there, Chris, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I need to see more tea leaves there, and there's been no hints or anything like that as far as um, CM Punk showed up at Windy City Riot. You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it'd be cool to see CM Punk fight Jay White at Windy City Riot. I don't disagree with them, but also at the same time, um, I look at Jay White. And I don't know what AEW is doing with him. Uh, it been, it, I don't know what's going on with that, that whole real relationship with them and Impact. That's probably another topic for another episode. But, uh, no, I don't see CM Punk show up at Windy City Riot. Uh, who do you think Jay White's opponent is at Windy City Riot? Um, I'll go with Alex Shelley. That will be my pick. What do you say to those who criticize the Queen of the Ring tournament that haven't said a word about the AEW Women's Own Heart tournament. Um, just more and more double standards. I think it's pretty simple and cut to the dry like that. Like, I've never seen a promotion that has more double standards in the way it's covered and the way it's talked about more than AEW. And that is what it is, you know. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who cover the industry who are, they take out their frustration from their fandom of WWE instead of looking at the other way around and looking at the bigger picture of the company and what they're covering. And then they, they, they do this like, 
mental gymnastics routine every week where they try to overthink everything that's going on behind the scenes of WWE. And the stuff that they complain about, about WWE, they put over in AEW. And you can see throughout their shows, no matter what happens, this is going to be double standards. I don't, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's the proper way to go about your coverage if you're going to treat yourself like a serious reporter or whatever, or analyst. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's cool. Uh, I think you should speak for yourself. You should you should say things just to try to get clicks and retweets and followers on social media. Tw- Twitter sucks. Okay? L- let's be honest about it. Twitter sucks. <laughs> so, like, getting Twitter clout doesn't make you any more important than what you think you already are, you know? Like, um, I could give two shits about Twitter clout. Uh, that's the last thing I'll ever seek validation from is from Twitter. And it's a shame because you see double standards all the time. You know, complaining about um, about <laughs> finishes and booking and stuff like that. There's a lot, of, like I said earlier, about tropes and stuff. There's tropes in wrestling that people complain about in WWE when AEW does it, oh, it's long-term storytelling, it's this and that. It's like, what are you watching? And who are you fooling? <laughs> so, uh, that, that's my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, you look at the tournaments, AEW continues to confuse me with how they go about their tournaments. Just announce a fucking bracket of eight women and go from there. You have all the data, right? This is a couple of wins and losses. You have all the stats in front of you. Pile up the eight women with the best record in AW and put them in the tournament. It's not that fucking hard. Why would we need these random qualifying matches? And then supposedly the the Owen Hart tournament for the men and women don't start till the Long Island show uh, at UBS Arena on May 11th. Like, <laughs> and then. You go from there, and what? You're going to have like a two-and-a-half-week build towards double or nothing where the tournaments are going to end? I just don't get that. I really don't. So uh, it's kind of confusing, but whatever. AEW's going to do what they're going to do, and double standards are never going to go away in wrestling, unfortunately. Um, Here's the next question there. Which match – are you looking forward to for Windy City Riot? The one I'm looking forward to the most? Uh, it's two for me. Um, obviously, did see John Moxley, Will Osprey would be pretty cool. Obviously, that's the main event. But I think for me personally, the match I'm looking forward to the most is Ishii and Suzuki. Um, I've had the pleasure of covering a lot of different Ishii and Minoru Suzuki matches. In New Japan Pro Wrestling. And a lot of them happened in Japan. There was one for the Rev Pro title. I think they did in the UK before. Uh, they had the Ishii Suzuki forearm exchange standoff at the G1 Supercard, which I know you were there for that, Chris. Uh, but to have an Ishii Suzuki match in the United States. I think it's pretty cool. And for somebody like me, like Ishii's my favorite New Japan pro wrestler. Like he's my favorite wrestler for that company. And to see that 
has more meaning to me personally than what, whatever else is on the card. So I'm just really excited for that. That should be a great night. Next question. If Ronda is unsuccessful in capturing the title at Backlash, do you think she goes off screen for a bit? Man. If there's a performer in wrestling that's in a bit of a conundrum right now, it's Ronda Rousey. Because I don't know what you do if she says, I quit. I, I, I could probably see a scenario where Ronda Rousey wins. She holds the title for a little bit, and maybe somebody cashes in. I'm here with a money the big contract. But uh, depending on how these are going to go, like you got to think about this. Like, if we try to map out where things are going to head towards next year's WrestleMania, if you want to do Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, you know, whenever the draft comes up, it's probably a good idea to probably move Becky from Raw to SmackDown. So, um, if she does, uh, if she does lose at Backlash, she probably does decent time off of TV because I don't know. I don't know what you do with her after that. I know she's advertised for Hell in the Cell as well, so uh, probably has some more shenanigans there. Maybe Charlotte does quit. We'll have to see. But this is not the end between those two. I'll say that. I think that the two Hell in the Cell matches that you'll see in Chicago is Charlotte and Ronda and Cody Rose and Seth Rollins. So that's where my head's at right now for what I'm seeing for TV each week right now. So that's what really, like, I can see happening for there. Um, next question. Have you liked the presentation of Swerve so far? Um, I mean, it's okay. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's his theme song that he created in AEW, but it sounds very similar to the one Alex Kane has in MLW. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, his, the matches have been fine. Him and Keith Lee against T-Taz, I think it's been okay. Um, hasn't, hasn't really been game-changing with me, to be honest with you. I like Swerve as a wrestler. I think he's a tremendous performer and a good dude. Um, but more and more, just like any of these other WWE guys that show up in AEW, they're kind of presented in the same way and are in the same position as they already were in WWE and more if you look at the reasoning behind their characters in AW, it's just the reminder of AW being a WWE daycare center. So like <laughs> um you know you have sightings, but what has AW done to really make you relate to these guys on a personal level? Oh Keith Lee comes back. Uh, he shows up at AW, and the big thing with him is like, oh, he uh, he has his, his jacket back on, and he's not called Bearcat. Wow, well, a hundred. What a difference! Is it really changing anything that we saw from him in NXT? Do you need to rush Keith Lee into the top picture? No. Uh, look at Andrade. <laughs> you know, stuck in the mid card. Uh, Malachi Black fixing on Fuego del Sol. Where the fuck is Miro been? <laughs> um, 
I can say there's exceptions to the rules. I mean, you look at FTR. You know, they've had a good run, I think, in my opinion. A, not only to, um, to um, you know, win the AEW World Tag Team titles. Excuse me. <laughs> not only to win the AEW World Tag Team titles, but also to um, win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. It's pretty cool, too. And, you know, they've had a lot of matches with CM Punk as well that have been very good. But also at the same time, I just watch their shows and I see a lot of the guys from AW and the ladies that showed up and they're just there in same positions. Haven't had really had a reason to really like mark out for them and be like, see, this is where they went. This is where WWE went wrong with that character. I could. I think you probably could barely count on your hand, one hand of five people that can really say that they came from WWE to AW and they made substantial progress. And don't tell me Ruby Soho because, <laughs> you know, yeah, she has a great song. And for me, like for my coverage of AW, I tune out the crowds from AW. And it's probably sacrilegious for somebody like me to do that since I cover wrestling and the audience is a really important thing when it comes to professional wrestling. But I look at AEW crowds and they're very misleading. And I I can't really gauge on what's over or not on an AEW crowd because I feel like they want to be a character of the show more than them actually enjoying what they're seeing. So... I kind of take AW crowd reactions with a grain of salt, hence why I'll tune them out and stuff like that happens. So <laughs> that's my thoughts on that. Um, do you think the Bulls will give the Bucks some trouble in their series, or do you think Chicago's too banged up heading into this series? Um, I don't know if they're too banged up, you know, such that. Lonzo Ball will not be able to play this uh, playoffs. I think that's unfortunate, but um, I'm kind of curious. You know, you know, the Bulls have had this unfortunate run in the second half, and um, you know, a lot of people are doubting them, and they're like, "Oh, you can't beat any good teams," and blah 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 blah. It's playoff time, and if Milwaukee is going to walk into the series. With their chests out and acting like the shit don't stink. Uh, I think the Bulls can make a series out of this. Do I think they'll beat the Bucks? Probably not, but I don't see this being a sweep. It can happen. But if Milwaukee is going to walk into that series as if their shit don't stink and they think they're just going to breeze by the Bulls, I think they got another thing coming. So I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. It started out in Milwaukee uh, on Sunday, and I, we'll have to see. I think Milwaukee probably will win the series, but I don't think this is the Bulls team where you just walk in and think, oh, this could be an easy sweep. I, I just don't see that. Uh, thanks for your question this week, Chris. I really appreciate it, brother. Um, next question here, the last one for Q&A this week, comes from Pat at Ray PWF, Patrick Fritz. Shout out, good to you, brother. Um, even though we know it, even though we've known it was coming, 
This week's episode of Young Rock basically confirmed a pending Rock Reigns match. Thoughts on the reveal and how do we finally get Rock back on WWE TV? Great question. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't seen one episode of Young Rock. I have seen the scene that everybody's been posting on Twitter and stuff like that. And um, I don't know if the whole line of Ignazmi was uh, scripted or not that had that tease or if Joe actually said that as a kid. But um, from what I know of the series is that this is the real life story of the rock growing up and stuff like that. So um, I don't think you just say that just to leave it out there for uh, scuttlebutt. Uh, I do think there's a good possibility of this happening in LA next year. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, Pat, I've, I have more conviction that this Rock and Roman Reigns match will happen more than I did of Stone Cold Steve Austin actually having a match at WrestleMania this year. Um, I had my doubts. Not that Steve would not show up, but I didn't think we were going to have the whole spar match that we saw with him and Kevin Owens. I was not expecting that. Now, I wasn't expecting it to be just a talking show either, but... um, I have more conviction of this is going to happen to those two uh, with the Rock and Roman Reigns. It's just too much money on the table not to do it. You know, have the Rock go into the Hall of Fame that weekend as well in L.A. Um, (laughs) If you look at WWE and how much money they made in Dallas and having 154,000 people show to AT&T Stadium through two nights, is just insane. And think about the amount of revenue they made for, for the Dallas area and just the event alone. You guys seen already the metrics and the social media um, impressions that they've made um, for WrestleMania this past year. It's insane. And WWE's in a good spot right now. And they're going to make a lot of money. You know, and a lot of people are going to say that Oh, their bookings at an all-time low and blah, 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 blah. Well, <laughs> if the wrestling business was predicated on booking, um, I think they're probably in a good spot because uh, I don't know how you're making more money if your booking is the only thing that matters in professional wrestling, right? I mean, that's what everybody tells me on these wrestling podcasts and Twitter. You know, booking is the only thing that matters, right? I don't really think that's the case. And the funny thing is, and a lot of people that do shows like this, they won't tell you this, but their their um, volume, their data, their analytics, a lot of it thrives off of WWE and the conversation with that. And you know, hate watching is a real thing. You know, people tell you that, oh, I don't, I haven't watched WWE for a long time, blah, 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 blah. But they'll tell you everything that's right and wrong about a storyline and blah, 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 blah. And they, they'll claim that they don't watch, but they, they do. And, you know, as much as people want to pump up their chest about WWE's creative and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I'm not saying it's great or anything like that, but to, <laughs> to pump out your chest and be like, hey, Oh, the creatives is the worst thing of all time, and yada yada yada. We're we're talking about a business that's about making money. We're not talking about a business about 
you know, treating wrestlers like it's at recess and whatever. And it's not about just the booking and blah, 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 blah. Like, this is a business about making money. And <laughs> as, as record revenues continue to grow and all this other stuff and the TV deals, you know, the people that hate watch are not they're not affecting WWE as they would like to think that they are. You know, I, it, the truth is the truth. A lot of people thrive off of YouTube here by doing negative WWE content. They get subscribers, they get likes, they get retweets, they get a lot of comments, a lot of clout. A lot of people thrive off and make money off of negative WWE conversations, but you don't realize while you do that, WWE is making more money in spite of you. So, uh, yeah, I I just think there's too much money, (coughs) excuse me, on the wall to not have that match with the Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think they'll, they'll get to that pretty soon. So, Although, man, I want to thank Chris and uh, Pat for sending some questions to me for the Good Brothers Q&A session. All you have to do is send me a question to Josh Lewis Media on Instagram or Twitter or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Last thing I want to mention here before we get to the next segment of the show. Um, it's really going back to what I talked about at the beginning. And I think this is a good exercise for you guys to do. Uh, and uh, kind of like a mental challenge more than anything. There's an article uh, called the advice.theshineapp.com and it says, here are the 20 questions to improve your self-awareness. And I'm going to read some of them off to you. I'm not going to answer these, but this is a good test for you guys that are listening or watching this. Write down and ask ask yourself these questions. One, what am I good at? Two, what am I so-so at? Three, what am I bad at? What makes me tired? What is the most important thing in my life? Who are the most important people in my life? How much sleep do I need? What stresses me out? What relaxes me? What's my definition of success? What type of worker I am? How do I want others to see me? What makes me sad? What makes me happy? What makes me angry? What type of person do I want to be? What type of friend do I want to be? What do I think of myself? What things do I value in life and what makes me afraid? 20 questions right there to ask yourself. And it really opens your eyes of just what's in front of you and to help your general self-awareness. So um, I thank you guys so much for hanging out with me for this Good Birds Q&A session. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened on this past week's Raw SmackDown as to get closer to WrestleMania Backlash. And we'll get to our ICUK preview and all more here on the Hoops Podcast. We'll be back in a couple seconds. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Hoops Podcast. Time to talk about what happened this week in WWE. You know, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about contracts and who should stay and why people decided to stay in WWE instead of going to AEW. I know there was a lot of scuttlebutt about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. 
And speaking of Saint Zane, he was recently as a guest on uh, Out of Character with Ryan Sand, which is on the WWF Fox YouTube channel. And I like to say, as always, uh, I think it's probably verbatim that I shouldn't have to mention this, but of course, we don't own the property of the clips that we show here uh, on the podcast. They're more for reviewable purposes, and I I like to make that perfectly clear for those who are watching or listening to this. We're not trying to steal content or blah, 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 blah. I shared these audio clips because we use it as a review, and this podcast has definitely been more based on context as opposed to just, you know, trying to steal content. You know, that's not worth doing. So, for example, here we go. Here's a... Uh, Here's Sami Zayn saying why he wanted to stay with WWE. That's dope. Yeah. So you recently re-signed with WWE, and you kind of mentioned a little before how you have some, uh, how you can kind of be involved in the creative aspect of your character now. Um, that must be nice for you to feel so creatively fulfilled right now. Well, let me, uh, let me just nip this in the bud. I don't want to act like I'm booking my own stuff because I'm no, not. No, yeah, but to have an involvement. Input. 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 Yes. input. Um, and for the creative uh, team and whoever to be receptive to my ideas. And I don't get all, trust me, I swing a lot. <laughs> I, and they'll tell you. <laughs> if you ever have them in one of these chairs, which would be very interesting. They'd never let that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I swing a lot. And I don't think I swing a lot of duds, but sometimes I, I swing ideas that there's reasons why I don't know why they won't work. And sometimes they tell me that won't work because of X, Y, Z. But a lot of things they'll take, and okay, it's not exactly how I envisioned it, but pieces of it get through, like the documentary, for example, and they take on a life of their own. So, uh, yeah, for sure, having even a little bit of creative input, I think that's really what's taken my my appreciation and my uh, enjoyment of being here in WWE to, an to another level. Is I'll say, hey, I really wish we could kind of do this, and then some version of it happens, and I'm thrilled, I'm over the moon, what more could you ask for? Yeah, totally. You know, what more? That's it. Uh, I mean, that's know, the collaboration process. It's great, you know? Yeah, yeah. To just feel like you have a voice and you're feeling heard. And then when you actually go out there and do it, you feel respected and valued. That's really what kept me here. You know, uh, there are other factors for sure, but that was really it. It wasn't, oh, all of a sudden my contract's coming up and it's time to negotiation. And, hey, hey, we really like you. Well, where have you been the last two years? No, no. The last two years, they've showed me that they, they value me. Yep. So when they told me they wanted me to stay, I believed them. Yep. So I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it up yeah, to Sammy Zayn, yeah. right? We're all happy Sammy yeah. Zayn, right? I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I don't know if I've mentioned that, but I, I'm feeling so good right now. Maybe it's the coffee a little bit. But I'm just so happy to be in this room with all these people. Uh, because, look, you saw what happened to Big E. This, this stuff, man, it's so delicate. And we're, we're one gust of wind away from not being in the same room with each other. So anytime we're in the same room with each other, I just really, I don't know, man. That's how I try to approach wrestling, how I try to approach life. Is It sounds so cheesy to say it out loud, but every moment is a gift. Every breath is a gift, man. I and, like, it won't be here much longer. And that Hall of Fame last night, I don't know about you guys, I welled up like five or six times. Oh, I was in full tears for yeah. the Chad Gaspar and stuff. And it, Undertaker, I was like, oh. All of them. All, like four, four out of the five, I was like weeping. Uh, and it's because I, I know firsthand what that's going to feel like. Because even I even heard Undertaker say this in a different interview where he said something like, my mind, I still have the visions of what I want to do, how I want to do it. I still see it. 
but you come to a point where my body just won't let me do it anymore. And that's like, I don't know, man. You know, I'm still kind of younger, but I think on a certain level, we all come face to face with our own mortality. And that's the closest I come to my own mortality is realizing I can't do this forever. And one day you're going to be too old to do this. And then the next step is, you know, you're old. And then one day you're just not here anymore. And when I think about it like that, I'm like, wait, I really like being here. I love it here. <laughs> yeah. You're saying I have to leave? I don't want to no, leave. Like, oh, can, we, can we just keep doing this? This party rules. I just want to, yeah, I want to <laughs> play with my friends. I want my, all the guests are here. We're having a good time. Don't take this away. <laughs> you know, Threat Chiefs would like to tell you a lot of things. And they like to make it out that... You know, WWE's a miserable place to work at and all this stuff. And again, like I mentioned earlier, not everything that goes on with WWE is perfect or it, I'm sure there's things that can be improved on. But, you know, I just look at I look at wrestling from a bigger picture standpoint. And I feel like a lot of people try to live and die through each week's episodes of Raw and SmackDown and like to make it out to be that's the state of the industry. And when you look at the fact that Raw and SmackDown continue to be ranked in the top five of cable every single week, regardless of the night of television that they're on, and the fact that their revenue continues to go up and up, it, whether you like their creative, their booking or not, you can't say it's not working. You can't say that. And you know, I know a lot of people like to focus on the releases that went out during the pandemic and everything. But WWE is not the only company that released people during the pandemic. And you hear, you heard it right there from the horse's mouth. An internet darling right there saying his reasons why he wanted to stay in WWE. I could pull up the Kevin Owens interview as well if you want. But I wanted to share that because, you know, a lot of people like the, uh, the SRSs of the world and etc. like to tell you about, oh, they're miserable. They want to... They're requesting the releases and blah, 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 blah. Is it really that miserable as people make it out to me? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. So, let's talk a little bit about what happened on Raw SmackDown this week before we uh, get to the main event of our podcast this week. <laughs> oh, boy, that's going to be a interesting voyage, shall we say. Uh, we started off with SmackDown last week. Friday Night Smackdown in the good city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so started off with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Ronda Rousey said that she wants another shot at Smackdown Women's Championship. Here's Charlotte's response. Oh, Ronda, Ronda, Ronda. You couldn't beat me in checkers, let alone an I quit match. I'm Charlotte Flair. I don't quit. Quitting is not in my DNA. But you know what is? Winning! Rhonda, I felt your arm bar. I felt the pressure. But I didn't lose. I didn't tap out. I walked out the SmackDown Women's Champion. And you want to know what I'm starting to think? That the baddest woman on the planet is just... Not just a snappy catchphrase, it's a myth. <laughs> because you can't win when it matters. So the answer to your question is 
No. So get in the back of the line, bitch. Boom, bitch. Um... <laughs> uh, I thought SmackDown was pretty interesting this week uh, for match quality-wise. Um, Butch and Xavier Woods, I thought they had a very good match. Uh, nice to see Butch get back in the ring finally, so that was cool to see that. And Woods won with a small package. Um, <laughs> uh, it looks like Woods' new finisher is going to be that roll of finish, so I'd be curious how that goes, but uh, good match there nonetheless. Uh, we had the debut of Raquel Rodriguez. Formerly of Raquel Gonzalez of NXT. Let's hear comments here with Caleb Braxton. Now, please welcome my guest, a brand new superstar looking to make a similar impact, Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Raquel, welcome to SmackDown. Now, do you have a message for the SmackDown locker room? What? Just a little piece. Caleb. SmackDown has one of the most impressive female locker rooms in the entire WWE. But I can guarantee they've never seen anything like me. Meet a man. Can I help you? Hello? Excuse me, Raquel Rodriguez. Allow me to introduce ourselves. I am Humberto. And I'm Angel, better known as the Lethal Lovers Los Lefarts. Welcome to SmackDown. And Gracias. as a tradition, we would like to welcome you with a kiss. <laughs> De ninguna manera. Not a chance. You lost. Hey, you gotta shoot your shot, right? <laughs> you gotta shoot your shot. Um, we had the. SmackDown debut of Gunther, the Ring General, with Ludwig Kaiser whooping the ass of AW Dark alumni Joel Lonzo. That was a, a sight to see. Um, what I was not expecting on SmackDown was the best edition of Happy Talk. <laughs> Matt Cat Moss started to whoop some ass on Baron Corbin, so can you see how that follows up tomorrow night and recording this on a Thursday, it looks like Drew McIntyre's next view is going to be with Sami Zayn. I don't have a problem with that. They're going to have a rematch due to the fact that Sami Zayn got himself intentionally counted out. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow night as well. Uh, we saw another return on SmackDown this week. Uh, it was the return of the beautiful and one and only Lacey Evans. Let's hear what she has to say. Okay, here it goes. I was born in a small town in Fannin County, Georgia. My father worked construction, and my mother was a young mom of five. Life from the very beginning was a little bit rough um, because my father suffered from mental health and uh, addiction problems, drug and alcohol. Um, and my mom got caught in the middle of it trying to be the best mom that she could be. But then the physical abuse, then the emotional abuse, the mental abuse, it got too much for not only my mom to take, but for her to watch. And um, before I could even start elementary school, I was taken away from everything that I knew. My mother loaded all of our stuff up in um, black trash bags, everything that we own, threw them in a car. And she picked us all up from school and we left without my dad knowing. After which, uh, 
we jumped around from state to state, women's shelters, and campgrounds pretty much for the rest of my entire life. However, moving around as much as I had to do, it made me learn that either I could adapt and overcome, I could accept uh, the way that things were and learn to roll with it or completely give up. And I refused to give up. You see, I may not have the same straight shot to stardom that these other female superstars have, have been blessed with. That's all right, because that's what makes me different from all the rest. Because of what I've had to go through my entire life has made me the woman that I am today. I'm motivated, ready for anything. Confident, caring mother, wife, sister, daughter, United States Marine, and WWE superstar. Now that doesn't make me any better than any of these other superstars. But they damn sure ain't better than me. Very nice to see her back on my TV screen, I'll say that. Uh, another good match on SmackDown from this past week was Sasha Banks against Liv Morgan. Uh, very good match. We saw Liv Morgan win, uh, following a nice hook of both in the legs after Sasha did a superplex. Liv Morgan won that match. Uh, tomorrow night on SmackDown, we have Jinder Mahal going against Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. And then SmackDown closed out with the Tribal Chief telling his cousins Usos that he wants the tag team titles to be unified. So, and then we had Nakamura come out. Um, I, I, there's been some assumptions that possibly Nakamura could get uh, a title shot at Backlash. We'll have to see if there's any follow-up to that tomorrow night on SmackDown. I don't see that happening. It could happen. I, I, I would not be surprised, but... Um, I thought that was an interesting way to close out SmackDown. I thought SmackDown was a pretty, pretty solid show this week. And then we go to Monday Night Raw from Detroit, Michigan. What a dump. <laughs> we had Jerry the King Lawler on commentary this week. Uh, that was, uh, that was a rough experience for my ears. While, uh, transcribing the show, I will admit to that. But, um, show started off with a very, uh contentious edition of Miz TV with Cody Rhodes where <laughs> Miz is like oh, glad to see you um, took over the entire uh, firework budget. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. So It was a lead up towards their match. I thought that was a good decision for WWE to say you know, at this time at, you know, 9pm Eastern Standard Time, 8pm Central, uh, for the second hour of Raw, you would have the announcement of Miz and Cody Rhodes having their match. So I thought that was a good decision. Um, we saw Veer lay out Dominic Mysterio. He got uh, sent to the hospital. was put on a stretcher. So we'll see how that goes. Um, a lot of scuttled about this week about the AJ Styles, Damian Priest stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know really what happened there. Um, this is where commentary and WWE really needs to improve. And this is something that you know, JR was a master at, you know, and there was a lot of stupid shit that went on in the Attitude Era, but whenever there's things that let you confuse, um, you know, JR would cover that up, or at least have some entertaining segue to get to the next part of the show, 
But when he leaves things open-ended and you have your announcers saying, oh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Like, I, Tom Phillips did this all the time when he was, like, the lead play-by-play guy or Vic Joseph. They'd be like, what's happening? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Well, try to say something else instead of that because you're adding even more confusion to the show. You are the narrators of the show. You're not supposed to react like fans. <laughs> so... There's going to be more continuation with that. Uh, I thought the Cody match with uh, The Miz was very good. Which uh, Cody Rose won with the crossroads. Um, Cody's been getting a lot of great reactions so far. And he, like I said last week, more and more you can tell that this character, the American Nightmare, has seemed to be a better fit so far in WWE. But we'll see how this goes. Um after the match, we had some interaction with him and Seth Rollins. Let's hear what went down there. But what I want you to remember about WrestleMania, Cody, is that you were a surprise opponent. And so going into WrestleMania, you had every single advantage. And now that I see what I'm working with... <laughs> So here's what I'm thinking. Rollins versus Rhodes, part two. What do you say, Mr. Nightmare? (laughs) So we got two matches announced so far for Backlash. It's Cody Rhodes. And um, Seth Rollins part two, and then uh, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey was made official over the weekend. That will be an I quit match for respect. That was title. You know, every week I talk about you know maximizing your TV time, and there's a lot of scuttlebutt about what's going on with Ezekiel. Where is this, where is Elias? Is this a ruse? Even to the point that next week, Kevin Owens is putting Ezekiel through a lie detector test. I thought this was some good comedic timing, and he also involved Tommaso Ciampa. So this week's uh, award of maximizing your TV time this week goes to Ezekiel, Tommaso Ciampa, and Kevin Owens. I'm Ezekiel. I'm Elias' younger brother. Thanks, Ezekiel. It's nice to meet you. No, that's no. See, that's that's that, don't don't get fooled. That's a lie. That's Elias. It's not his, it's not Ezekiel. It's not his, that's Elias. You used to have a guitar. Yes, have a beard. The beard's gone, the guitar's gone, but that's Elias, I'm telling you. Don't get fooled. Why are you lying? Stop lying. I don't like liars. Stop it. What are you trying to pull? I'm sorry, Kevin. But you're mistaken. Don't, don't listen to him. That's Elias, okay? I've known him for years. It's an easy mistake, but, but that, that's Ezekiel. Elias is my brother. Why, why are you doing this? Why, am I the only one who's still sane around here? Huh? That's Elias. Grow up. <laughs> oh, that's a funny shit, man. Um, yeah, some other stuff on the show. Uh, Naomi picked up victory over um, Liv Morgan. Uh, I thought the segment with MVP and Lashley was okay. Uh, I thought Raw 
kind of took a step back uh, this week. It's supposed to last week. I want to say this was a bad episode of Raw, but it wasn't anything I was too crazy about. Uh, like, I thought the main points and stuff they wanted to hit out was pretty good. But just the overall flow of the show wasn't that great. And Jerry Lawler is just... Yeah, I don't need to hear my commentary anymore. <laughs> uh, we had Sonya Deville continue her uh, abuse of power. Uh, the king, the queen of carnies, as I like to refer to her. Man, she abuses her power, man. Big time. Uh, I thought the third hour of Raw was the best hour of Raw for me this week. Um, the match with RK Bro and Alpha Academy was good. And also... Uh, the match with the Usos and um, the Street Profits, the, the main event, I thought that was very good as well. The funny part about that is they're, they're going into the match. Uh, you know, Montez Forrest is like, oh, your cousin Usos using their bloodline to skip the line to get title shots and blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> uh, Jay was like, there's only one line, and that's the bloodline, Usos. <laughs> I love the Usos. I've been down this since day one. I, I, I th- that cracked me up. I, I really love that exchange. I thought their match they had was really good. So like I said, I didn't think this episode of Raw was great this week, but I wouldn't say it was horrible either. So uh, I, I'll give the nod this week to SmackDown as a better overall show. But um, we'll see how that goes. Raw's been on a good swing of recently, and uh, the Cody Rhodes stuff has been very good as well. Um, so... Let's get to it. Let's talk about NXT UK really quick as we uh, wrap up the segment for the podcast this week. Uh, we have um, today we have Teal Man against the A Kid in the main event this week. Uh, a singles match that should be fantastic. Um, we saw um, Alicia, uh, the new uh, bodyguard for Excited um, Brookside, should be taking on Angel Hayes today. And also, we got a tag match for uh, NXT UK. It's um, Gallus against Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. So that should be a very, very good matchup coming up uh, today on NXT UK. If you guys just go check it out, some good, good shit on NXT UK. If you missed last week's episode... Uh, it was a doozy. We had Ilya Dragunov and Roderick Strong for the NXT UK title, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, fantastic match. You can go check that out. So, all, all in all, some good stuff so far for NXT UK. And on that note, that's the wrap of my thoughts of what happened this week in WWE. All right, guys. Before we get to the main event, I just want to run down the card really quick for this weekend's uh, New Japan Windy City Riot pay-per-view. This is the second uh, pay-per-view for New Japan of America for NJPW Strong. Uh, the first one we had was Battle in the Valley in San Jose in uh, November following Full Gear. I do remember that. Um, we have uh, this pay-per-view coming up on Saturday. will be available on Fight TV and later on on New Japan World. Uh, I just want to go over the card really quick. The dark match for Windy C. Wright is... Wheeler Yuta and Rocky Romero against the DKC and Kevin Knight. Uh, we'll have the United Empire, members of Aaron Hernare, uh, the Great O'Conn, Jeff Cobb, TJP, Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher taking on Bull Club members, the Good Brothers, 
Hikaleo, Chris Bay, El Phantasmo, and Scott Norton in a 12-man tag team match. Following that, we have a 10-man tag team match with uh, Fred Roster, Josh Alexander, Alex Coughlin, Renderina, and Chris Dickinson taking on Team Filthy members, uh, J.R. Kratos, Black Tiger, Danny Limelight, and the West Coast Wrecking Crew. That should be a fantastic match. Um, following that, we'll have a trios match. It's Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, and Yo Yamura representing the LA Dojo, taking on Factory from AEW. That's right. QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camarado will be in the house for that. There's a trios match, Chicago Street Fight style. It's Finn Juice and Brody King taking on Jonah and Shane Hayes. Uh, the mighty uh, Do Neil uh, against and, and Bad Do Tito, so that's gonna be an interesting match. We got Ishii against Minoru Suzuki, Filthy Tom Lawler and Yuji Nagata in the Seagulls match. This is not for the NW, uh, NJPW Strong Openweight Championship. Uh, we have a USJ Open Challenge match with Jay White. Uh, against the opponent two to be determined. I answered this uh, in the Q&A. I think it will be Alex Shelley. And then we have John Moxley against Will Ospreay in the main event uh, coming up on Saturday. So, yeah, this is going to be an awesome interview. Uh, I did hear that Kevin Kelly will be there to call the action, so it should be pretty cool. He's back from Japan. So that'd be cool to see that. Uh, I got some good seats. I'm gonna be at ringside uh, for this event, so I'll have some pictures for you guys to go check it out uh, at Joshua's Media on Instagram. And um, I'm really excited for this. It should be a blast. I've never been to the Odium before. Uh, this is gonna be my first time, and I'm very excited. It should be a damn good time. It's a good night of wrestling. It's a good night of New Japan pro wrestling. With that, so with that being said. It's time to give people what they want and what they've been waiting for. The introduction of the Bot Chronicles. Brought to you by What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. I'm flying solo this week. There is no Bird Carter. But it is time for a brand new restaurant quality edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this bad boy off in a three- Two, one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with A E. Welcome everybody to a brand new spanking edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW, aka What Is It Wrong with AEW. When I saw in the card that we had Eddie Kingston, uh, LEX against the Jericho Appreciation Society. This was my thoughts. And then seeing Aubrey Edwards being the referee, this was, made me feel this same feeling again. <laughs> no! 
All right. Welcome to The Bot Chronicles, Volume 1. Basically, The Bot Chronicles is an extension of what the hell is wrong with AEW. And I'll save my thoughts in the bot conversation towards the end, because I do want to recap what happened on Dynamite last night. Um, like I said last week, I feel like AEW is at a rut when it comes to formatting their shows and just the overall direction of the company and Dynamite as a TV show as a whole. I mean, there's there's good editions of Rampage here and there. I'll say that. It's not all bad. But, like, especially Dynamite. I feel like it's at a... It's like a rudderless ship. And that the good stuff that you get in the beginning gets subdued by the shit that you see in the second half of the show. And that... Yeah, you get these cool matches in the beginning, like CM Punk and Pentagon Jr. No problem. No complaint from my end. I thought it was a good match. But, again, it, you have CM Punk fighting a random guy. He's just stacking up wins, beating everybody on the roster. It's nothing new. It's nothing to get me, like, this doesn't get my juices flowing. And it's a shame to say that because I see CM Punk, I see CM Punk, my favorite wrestler now, on TV... And it's like he's just there. And I shouldn't have that feeling. But this is AEW. What else is new? Uh, we have an odd backstage segment with Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. I don't know if Tony Storm's character that she's mostly unstable. And Jamie Hayter's like, oh, what you gonna do? You gonna run away? You gonna run away? I, I didn't like that. I thought that was trash. Um, Jurassic Express and Red Dragon. Again, going back to uh, dropping the load, formatting. Why was this not the main event of your show? Oh, God. <laughs> so, they decided because, oh, we're in New Orleans. They haven't been in New Orleans uh, for a while. They were supposed to have an event, but the pandemic happened. So, let's blow everything up. Let's drop our load. Let's drop every big star that we can in the first hour to keep this crowd hot, right? And it's like... I want to watch the show for it being a good wrestling television show. And then I just watch it and it's just like a best of a bingo hall wrestling show that I could watch. Yeah, there's more production elements added to it because obviously Tony Khan has money, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, okay, Red Dragon and... Jurassic Express, a tumbling fest. Uh, Rick Knox doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know who needs more VR goggles more, him or Aubrey Edwards, because that dude gets lost in the ring. And I call him a dead corpse for a reason. Because it's like, okay, Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley had a good run at NXT, right? And then it's all of that, you know, Kyle having his aspirations for becoming a world champion, blah, 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 blah. All that just to go to back to their routine of sloppy, independent tag team wrestling where they're running into the ring constantly, making the referees look stupid, and, you know, them repeating their offense. It's like, how many fucking times can Bobby Fish do that hand streak kick, gut punch, forearm combination? Like, change it up for the love of God. And Kyle... We're, it's not an MMA fight. 
Jurassic Express retains. I thought this is the spot where Red Dragon were going to get the titles, but I guess not. It was what it was. Uh, I like the vignettes from Malachi Black and Darby Allen uh, this week. So on the positive, I had two more points there. NGF and Sean Dean. Yes, the crowd's into Wardlow. I get that. But even for me, I'm getting tired of this repetitive scenario. I think this is like the third time already since Revolution where Wardlow is laying out security guards and FGF is running away. So the tie-in this time is that FGF is the first person to get counted out in a sanctioned AEW match. Wow. Whoopity-doo! <laughs> Does this get Sean Dean over? I don't know. I can tell you this. I didn't give a shit after the fact. Um, so, Jeff struck a deal with the Butcher from the AFO. Wardlow will be fine to Butcher next week on Dynamite. Whoopity-doo. Uh, we had a backstage segment with Hook. And Tony Nese and Dan Clonson. Uh, that I had no comment for that. Uh, I thought the trios match with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Eddie Kingston was trash. Uh, I did not like the, the, the layout of that match. Aubrey Edwards sucks uh, on every level. When it comes to being official in the ring, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> like, she gets worse as the weeks go by. And... Uh, Jericho appreciates his society wins. The only good part of this match was Eddie Kingston's t-shirt, which was a dedication to the Junkyard Dog. But that's it for me. Um, <laughs> this one, another few positive uh, spotlights from Dynamite this week. Backstage showing with Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page. Last week, Sammy had the nerve to look at us and say, wait till you see what we do next. Turns out, all he did was crawl to management and beg for a TNT title match. And you guessed it, in the only place left in America that him and his future ex-girlfriend are going to get booed out of the building in. Oh, don't be so sure about that, Ethan. Turns out the most obnoxious couple in the history of AEW are still right here. And what happened to that mixed tag match that Ty Conti wanted so badly? I guess it'll be yet another Saturday night where she goes unsatisfied. <laughs> Sammy, you desecrated our car, this championship, our names, and you still didn't get the match you wanted. But now, you will get the ass kicking you need. And at Battle of the Belts, the only thing getting bigger in Texas is my winning streak. There you go. Just like I played the segment uh, for the last segment of, um, with uh, Ezekiel and Kevin Owens and Tommaso Ciampa. Here you go here. I think Scorpio Sky, Dan Lambert, Ethan Page have been doing some really good stuff on television recently. And one of the few things I enjoy from AEW each week. And I hope to God that Sammy Guevara does not beat uh, uh, Scorpio Sky this weekend. Because that would be just ridiculous. Uh, no comment as far as the Marina Shafir Sky, Sky Blue match. Um, I don't know who got over that match. Nobody. Um... <laughs> Uh, Marina Shafir's theme song is brutal Bob Evans-esque. Uh, it was not uh, enjoyable to listen to. 
And here's the thing. Her deal is like, she's the problem solver, right? Like, that's her gimmick. Yet, she wrestles as a heel, yet she's supposed to have this big match with Jade Cargill soon. Um, did not get that. I thought that was trash. Um, Keith Lee and Schwartz Strickland against Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, this was the best tag match that was on the show for me, in my opinion. Uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs won thanks to interference with Taz. So, uh, no problems there. I thought that was a good match. Uh, Lineup for Rampage this week. Blackpool Combat Club against the Gun Club. Who gives a shit? Ruby Soho against Robin Renegade in the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tor- Tournament Qualifying Match. Yippity-doo! And then Hangman Page and Cole the Texas Death Match for the AEW World Title. Um, I do think Adam Cole, unfortunately, will beat Hangman Page on Rampage this week, unfortunately. Um, AEW Battle of the Belts. Uh, Jonathan Gresham against Dalton Castle for the Ring of Honor World Title. Scorpio Sky against uh, Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. And then Thunder Rosa against Vicky, uh, my bad, Thunder Rosa against Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Championship. That's going to be on uh, Saturday, I believe. Um, and then we got the main event, Minoru Suzuki and Samoa Joe. Thought the match was fine, but for me, uh, I just thought with everything that happened after the match, just left the sour taste in my mouth. Not only myself, but just normal people in general. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I didn't know uh, Veer's older cousin was making an appearance on... Uh, Dynamite last night. I was not expecting that. Um, this whole thing with Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dustfair has been completely random and no explanation whatsoever. Jay Lethal goes on a losing streak and, oh, oh, I'm in my feelings now, so let me link up with somebody that I have matches with in the exhibition as if any casual wrestling fan knows about that shit. And they're going to randomly get to a few with Samoa Joe. They come out after the match. And just suck the entire win out of the arena. What a brutal conclusion to that show. Just JoJo Dutch. Just absolutely brutal ending to Dynamite. I I can't even explain how bad that is. It's like... (laughs) Oh boy, I'm going to get shit for this. (laughs) But, (laughs) alright. That Dynamite ending was like sitting through a Donald Trump COVID-19 update press conference. That's how nauseating and mind-numbing it was. That ending was bowling shoe ugly. Uh, And I've seen a lot of bowling shoe ugly things that are fortunate in my life, like the double doink that ranks up there as well. Um, The Bartman game, even though I'm not a Cubs fan. Um... (laughs) I don't know who thought in the right mind that was a good way to close out the show. But, yeah. Uh, that was definitely out there. And that was just complete and other garbage. That ending can go the fuck home and stay the fuck home as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So, this is what everybody's been waiting, waiting for me to talk about. So, Tony Khan in his infinite wisdom... 
on Friday. Seems like that's the day of the week where he wants to pump out his chest and act like his shit that his shits don't stink and that he gets rating reports and blah 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 and he gets his little radio time slot and his little radio hit on Busted Open, which they kiss kiss his ass the entire time he's on the program, right? That's the only way he's going to do it. Because he can't take criticism. It's very convenient that Tony Time could happen, but Bully Ray's not allowed there to answer, to ask tough questions. I just find that interesting. But, Bust Open, they'll do what they do. Um, so this week, on Twitter, Tony Khan goes out of his way to say that an independent study was done about Anti-AEW people and basically calling any person that's anti-AEW bots. Now, I don't take personal offense. I was personally abused by this. And uh, just from a comedic point of view that Tony Khan would imply that myself and Brenna Carter and those of those likes and the the GOC uh, Girl in Cinema or... Other people in this community that's not afraid to call AEW their bullshit. That all anti-AEW people are bots. Now, I never claimed to be part of this group that I'm anti-AEW. And I want it to fail and I have no hope for it. And I don't uh, want it to be good. But I'm also not going to sit here with a straight face and sit here every week and cover this show twice a week because I, I watch it live and write things down for the segment and then I had to do the transcript after that. So I watched that and I'm like, here's, here's my sacrifice of the week for you guys this week. I had to sit through two, I had to sit through two editions of Dynamite each week. For this segment and for my website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, which you should bookmark right now. And this brings you to Volume 1 of the Bot Chronicles. So, explain this to me, fucking Mr. Entitled, Spoiled, Rich Motherfucker. Explain to me how I'm a bot. Like, am I made out of wiring? Am I going to be moving around like fucking C-3PO this next coming weekend? I'm a robot, right? We're all bots. I, it's not real people. Oh, and, and <laughs> I think I think there's an implication that somebody in WWE is formulating Twitter bots to go after AEW and people who work at AEW. This guy is so fucking self-righteous to the point that I watch his product. I watch how the stuff that he tweets out. I listen to the stuff that he says on Busted Open. This guy really thinks that his shit don't stink. And I watch this and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, there's stuff that he says I, I really don't care at the end of the day. Like I said, I don't take personal event, offense by this whole bot thing. But the the implication and the stuff, and just his general attitude. It's like, why would I want to support this guy, A... And what makes you want to become even more of a bigger fan of his product where I'm not already because I still haven't figured out what the identity of this fucking promotion is and we're three years into this shit. And I'm like, okay, so now we're bots, right? Brother Carter's a bot. I'm a bot. 
main event swerve is a bot. <laughs> Everybody who doesn't have a hundred percent positive review for AEW are all bots, right? You know, AEW does absolutely nothing wrong. It's just it's just very interesting to me. It really is. I I just I don't get it. <laughs> We're bots. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, this self-righteous prick gets on his soapbox every week about something that doesn't matter about professional wrestling. And, oh, guess what, folks? The <laughs> uh, We have another announcement coming uh, in the coming weeks on Dynamite. What? That he's finally stepping down as a assistant executive uh, general manager at the Jaguars? That he's finally getting rid of Fulham, the shitty football club that he has in the UK. Like, what's this next big announcement? Oh, here comes Ember Moon. Here comes Cesaro. Here comes God knows who else. Oh, here comes um whatever release talent for WWE. What's this next groundbreaking announcement? Groundbreaking announcement that's going to shake the core of professional wrestling because he likes to use these buzzwords to promote these announcements, right? A, I don't give a shit what his next announcement is. And B, who's the real bot here? Is it the people who criticize fairly your product? The, the people who actually cover your product at every show that you produce are not looking for a job for you? Are those bots like myself? Or are the bots the people that you pay in the dirt sheets and have to put over every segment that you do in the show and try to make uh, case studies as to why you are the booker of the year every year? You tell me. Because the real bots, if we're talking about things that are fake and et cetera, et cetera, I, I look at the source. Look at the two top people in the wrestling media. Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. You want to talk about bots? It's those two assholes right there. So. Here's the thing. It's widely known that Tony Khan's going to be more involved with the Jaguars this season. He runs the analytics department, right? He's in the front office of the Jaguars. He's involved in AW. He purchased Ring of Honor, etc., etc. He watched this shit, and it's like, all right, yo, do your thing, pal. <laughs> and show still gonna average nine hundred thousand at max uh, on on for TBS, and then you got far five hundred or six hundred. At most a week for Rampage. You got your YouTube shows that are completely useless. And then you have a merger that just took place uh, with Warner Media the other day. And your Dirt Sheet Vanity project is going to go off without a hitch, right? That's what I'm supposed to believe. We'll have to see. So, to conclude Volume 1 of the Bot Chronicles... I'm going to do this every time Tony Khan comes out with a stupid tweet. I don't think it's going to be a weekly feature because I would hope that he learned from 
this nonsense that he did last week. But I'm not keeping my hopes up. Every time a dumb tweet like comes, a dumb tweet comes like that, we'll do another bot chronicles. But I'll tell you this: this dude needs a fucking wake up call. Your shit sucks, okay, pal. This is not an alternative. It's a dirt cheap vanity project, and you are no better than Dixie Carter. And on that note, my friends, that is what the hell's wrong with AEW this week. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Alrighty. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me for this week's edition of the Good Brothers Q&A session. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Make sure to follow me at Twitter at uh, Josh Lopez Media and Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. Uh, make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscription.com if you can. I really appreciate that. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Who's Podcast. Uh, the intro song this week was called No Hard Feelings by Old Dominion. I'm sorry for those for the YouTube version. You won't get to hear that song. You'll have to get the audio version of the podcast and check that out. Um, but with that being said, um, Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself or the man upstairs. I love you guys. Make sure to have a wonderful weekend. For those who are New Japan fans, we hope you get to enjoy uh, Windy City Riot. I'll recap it next week here on the podcast. Uh, there is no thoughts of Derrico this week, but make sure to support Bert Carter and his work at Derrico, uh, my bad, at Derek Stoughton. On Twitter and at DerekSound.com. Make sure to support his work at WrestlingRumors.net as well. So, I'm Joshi. This has been episode 305 of the Who's Podcast. The road to 500 continues. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this week. This has been the Who's Podcast. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you all next week. Love you. Peace. <laughs>